Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. It's being called a, quote, game changer for downtown Middletown. The city is working to spur public and private investments to revitalize its waterfront, 220 acres along the Connecticut River. Today, where we live, we talk about waterfront development plans, starting with Middletown and then heading west to find out what's happening in the Naugatuck Valley. Coming up, we hear from the Valley's Council of Governments and learn about the Naugatuck River Greenway, a planned multi-use trail along the river in 11 towns and cities, including Waterbury. We want to hear from you, too, whether you're a Middletown resident or live in the Naugatuck Valley. What's your take on efforts to revitalize these areas? You can join us, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WMPR. Share a comment on our Facebook page or find us on Twitter at Where We Live. Joining us first on Zoom is Middletown Mayor Ben Florsheim. Mayor Florsheim, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Lucy. Good to be here. So this is a pretty ambitious master plan. It even includes an amphitheater. And I understand it comes after a riverfront study back in 2014. And back in 2020, voters approved bonding that included $5 million for redevelopment of properties along the waterfront. That's reported by CT examiner. So can you give our listeners a brief preview of these plans, Mayor? Yeah, uh, so thanks for the opportunity and it's and it's really great to be able to talk about this because it's it's a plan that is really a generation in the making in, in a lot of ways. You mentioned that there was a 2014 study that looked at some of the public spaces along the riverfront. Um, but it, the the conversation started uh, decades ago uh, to try to envision how Middletown could reconnect. Um, with what originally caused Middletown to be settled where it is in the first place, uh, which is which is the its location along the Connecticut River. Um, and there have been a lot of obstacles um, infrastructurally and economically to that over the years. Uh, people are probably aware that there is a state highway, Route 9, that runs uh, between downtown Middletown and the Connecticut River. It's the, also the location of our uh, the city's former wastewater treatment plant, as well as some um, contaminated post-industrial sites. And so uh, all of this incredibly valuable and incredibly underutilized um, and incredibly ecologically important um, real estate was being under, was being, was tied up with, with infrastructure. Um, and the, the plans that we have now um, come on the back of lots of work uh, over the last couple of decades to address those infrastructure problems. And so as we have decommissioned that wastewater plant, as we have acquired those sites and looked to get cleanup uh, 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 funds and and get them out, back on the commercial tax rolls or um, clean them up for environmental use or, or whatever the case may be, what has been missing from uh, that is an overarching comprehensive plan. And that's what we wanted to correct um, with with this vision, which was really rooted in uh, what the community wanted to see. Uh, so that's that's what the that's what the return to the river bend is all about. Um, taking some of these projects that have been underway, um, bringing them under one umbrella vision, and and allowing us to then go to the public, um, go to the market, and and go to the state and federal government 
uh, for partnership in, in making it a reality. And listeners can go to our website, ctpublic.org slash where we live to uh, read and see this master plan. Uh, when I looked at it, we're talking bike paths, walking trails, parks, housing, Mayor Florsheim, waterfront restaurants, public docks. So when we think about um, this connection back uh, to the river, you know, how did you elicit community input? And are residents excited about these plans? Yeah, I think that there's I think that there's a lot of excitement. And um, the, the biggest concern that I've had is that people have like, as I was alluding to, people have been hearing about and, 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 and talking about the riverfront for uh, about a generation now. And um, the, the challenge that we I, I always I anticipated from the beginning was convincing uh, our community that now is the moment, um, convincing our community that this that the work that has been done, it's time to get it under uh, you know, again, one one comprehensive vision, one comprehensive plan, um, and the uh, the investment uh, that is coming into Connecticut, that is coming into Middletown from um, the private sector, from from the federal government. Um, the opportunity is tremendous, and and you're going to hear. You know, we'll talk later in the hour about uh, the importance of reconnecting these public spaces uh, around waterfronts uh, and how incredibly important that is. Uh, so the 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 excuse me i'm lo- i'm losing ask me the question one more time i'm sorry <laughs> just wondering my, about you know <laughs> how residents are um, responding Community to this interest, master yes. plan because you had alluded to i'm glad that you brought it up route 9 that's been a major yeah. impediment and so i'm wondering if you can talk specifically about how that would be re-envisioned so that the city is again connected to the river yeah and so um the the really gratifying piece of this process for me is um, how much how much agreement there actually was from the public uh, around what they wanted to see. And so we had um, a number of community workshops over the past year or so uh, that followed again the 2014 plan that was also very much driven by um, Charette's community workshops and um, got over 1,200 uh, uh, individuals who we were able to get uh, opinions, feedback, survey responses from. Um, and the overwhelming consensus is that we really want to have this riverfront be uh, centered around public accessible community spaces that we want to have elements of commercial development that we want to have elements of um, of retail and certainly we want to take better advantages of the recreational opportunities um, that exist on the waterfront uh, but we also need to make sure that that is not an exclusive um, environment it is an environment where uh, the public can come and enjoy and, and spend time there and um, getting around the challenge of route nine um, has been, really the way to, 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 I think, break open the opportunity here. And early on in this process, um, we, we were all sitting around the table uh, with, the, with the planning team, and we sort of looked at each other and said, look, the, the, the highway has always been the challenge um, here, and we know that we're not gonna change that fact. We can't get rid of it, and we have to, then, we have to treat it as sort of an opportunity uh, to work around. And about 20 years ago, there was a study done uh, to look at the cost and the, and the viability of burying Route 9, of putting of, of actually doing a sort of Boston-style, big dig-style, um, major, major infrastructure project that would put the tunnel, the highway uh, below the ground and, and just allow sort of an open uh, access from downtown to the riverfront. And that was seen as both uh, fiscally, but more importantly, um, environmentally and practically just not viable at the time. Um, that continues to be true today. And so the, the vision really is to the, the way to bury Route 9, the way to bury a highway um, without burying it is to go over it. Um, and we have been working with the State Department of Transportation, 
Um, there is a lot of interest uh, still in, in re-engineering Route 9 to remove those traffic lights um, and doing that in a way that will benefit the, the region without having a um, detrimental traffic impact on downtown Middletown. And we think, um, and th this is, you know, our plan is really centered around this, um, that we can partner really effectively with the state to create sort of a plaza style overpass um, that won't physically change the location of the highway, um, but will create this downtown pedestrian connection uh, to, to really bring the, bring the riverfront into the downtown, bring the downtown into Harbor Park um, and, and serve as the centerpiece for the whole thing while working around and working with that infrastructure barrier uh, that we know we're going to have to cooperate, you know, that we know we're going to have to factor into uh, to any future plan. You're hearing Middletown Mayor Ben Florsheim here on Where We Live as we learn more about a master plan to reconnect the city with its riverfront. Again, we're talking 220 acres. Uh, Mayor Florsheim speaking about uh, Route 9 and uh, plans to have a pedestrian bridge over Route 9 to connect uh, the city again with its waterfront. You can join us, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Uh, what excites you about uh, this master plan when you think about the input you received. I understand you've even heard from from kids in Middletown about what they'd like to see in their city, but how you're encompassing not only uh, their visions, but, you know, the history of this place you call home. Yeah, it's so it's exciting, number one, for, for that very reason, just the fact that we've been able to get young people, uh, people who have been here for, for, for many years, uh, the, the folks who have heard this being talked about again uh, for decades, uh, that's the, the number one thing that is exciting is that it's something that the community is is engaged with. And um, and I think that there's an opportunity right now uh, to, to get the funding in place. And as, as we'll hear about in just a few minutes, there's already um, progress that we're making in Harbor Park itself. Um, there's already a lot of work uh, actively underway. So that's exciting. It, it creates this sense of momentum um, in our community that I think that we've been certainly looking for after a challenging last couple of years. Um, and, and, and that's really exciting. Um, and, and I'm, I'm also just, uh, eager to, uh, have the partnerships that, that we, that we have right now. We're going to hear in a few minutes from, uh, uh, some of the other projects going around, going on around the state. Um, uh, Kenny Curran is on the line who, uh, I learned uh, most of what I know about environmental and Brownfield cleanup, uh, working with him and, and Senator Murphy's office. And um, there are some sites here that we're talking about, again, that have um, have a history of, of industrial use, um, that have a history of, of uh, uh, waste, you know, waste treatment use. Um, and the the funding right now, the opportunities that exist at the, at the state and at the federal level to redevelop those types of properties um, is, is just a really exciting, uh, and I think, once in a generation opportunity. So um, it's it's not it's not every year, it's not every day that uh, a project like this comes along. But I think that it's really unique that it is coming along at the historical moment for the state that we're in, um, the historical moment for the community of Middletown, which is um, you know continuing to move in a really positive, vibrant direction with our downtown. Um, and the and the goal for this is really not to replace that that momentum, but to but to continue it. And uh, just seeing the excitement that that people um, that people have about the project, seeing the excitement that I think it's going to generate from um, from our economic partners, the private sector partners, and and certainly the conversations that we're already having with uh, with our state and federal partners. Um, the the exciting thing is that again we have an opportunity now to actually make 
a vision of reality. And uh, as, as we're going to hear uh, over the next hour or so, I think that we're already well underway to making that happen. So this is a 10 to 20 year uh, plan, again, yeah. having to encourage both public and private investments. You know, how much would this would this cost? What are the estimated costs of this, uh, Mayor Florsheim? You know, it's it's really it's it's hard to uh, answer that now. Um, the the next phase of our master plan actually is going to work on um, finding a better answer to to that question. Um, we we certainly see um, this in you know in the tens of millions of dollars in terms of uh, total investment, and uh, that's going to come that's going to come again in the form of of we hope state and federal grants. It's going to come in the form of bonding um, that has already been. Uh, authorized at the local level that voters have approved to set aside uh, to to bring this into reality. And you mentioned the $5 million and, uh, that was approved in 2020. That largely went towards the acquisition um, of some of these sites that we are now going to be looking for grants to uh, to help remediate. And so uh, it is going to be an expensive project. There's no question about that. And I think that the, uh, the, the, the pedestrian bridge, the overpass uh, is going to be an infrastructure project for the state of Connecticut, you know, on, on par with anything else that we're doing um, in, in some of our larger cities around the around the state uh, to spur economic development and to, you know, really, really revitalize our downtowns and our communities. Uh, but it is also going to be, I think, uh, the primary economic driver for the next 20 years in Middletown. And that's not because we're going to um, have, you know, skyscrapers and, uh, and, and banquet facilities and, and expensive condominiums everywhere downtown. It's because I think that this strategy of creating great public spaces, of, of creating um, a, a, an environment where people want to come and spend time um, and, and then connect it to our downtown, connect it to um, our, our, our other assets, that's what is going to uh, continue the type of investment that we really want to see in Middletown, which is grassroots oriented, um, which, is, which is really, you know, continues to uh, emphasize the character of our community uh, rather than, you know, flatten it something else. And Mayor Florsheim, uh, we're going to be again hearing from a local business owner uh, related yeah. to some of the uh, waterfront development plans. I just wanted to mention again that that master plan is on our website, ctpublic.org slash where we live. Also thinking about um, when this was coming together, how to incorporate local history, uh, thinking about a memorial monument to the indigenous people who first settled at the Great Bend in the river. Also, I know where we live, we've done shows on how the city has commemorated and noted Middletown's history as a river port in the West Indies sugar and slave trades that will also be noted uh, in plans moving forward. Again, if you live in Middletown, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at where we live about these plans. Uh, Joining us now on Zoom is Aubrey LaMonica, who's co-owner of Eli Cannon's Tap Room in Middletown, a longtime business uh, uh, now on uh, Main Street uh, in Middletown. But uh, she and her husband are partnering with the city and taking over the lease at the former Canoe Club at Harbor Park. Aubrey, welcome to our show. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for having me. So tell us about uh, this plan and, you know, the role that you you and your husband hope to play in expanding uh, and continuing to have this business in Middletown. We're just really excited to be a part of this huge project um, and really, you know, almost a jumping off point for getting people excited and getting people down there. Um, when we found out, when the city put out the, pro- the uh, proposal for this, uh, my husband just looked at me and said, let's do it. You know, it's a great building. It's a great space. And so 
Um, luckily, we, we were chosen to have this opportunity to get down there. And our, our focus is to, has always been um, just to bring people to the, back to the riverfront and create excitement about being down there and create a space that everybody can be a part of. So, you know, we're reopening the restaurant, but there's these different facets. Um, we're going to have a coffee and an ice cream shop, uh, a takeout window only um, in collaboration with Middletown High School. We're doing a small brewery to, you know, tie back to our roots at Eli Cannons. And, um, you know, uh, we're hoping to have a uh, venue there for large events. So we're just really excited to be a part, you know, have this small little piece of this 220-acre huge project that um, the city of Middletown is doing such a great job of getting going. And Aubrey, what would be the timeline for this remodel and opening of this new space? That is the question. Um, so we're working diligently with our uh, with our construction team. Coughlin Service Corporation has been amazing, and the city of Middletown partnering to get this going. Um, this, the building, you know, it, it's a big building, and and we're just working as fast as we can to get it done and to get it done right, um, to get it open and and have people down there. So we're hoping, you know, by the end of the year, but these things always, you know, have a, have a mind of their own, as they say. Uh, Mayor Florsheim, when we think about Harbor Park in Middletown, I understand uh, having lived there for several years, you know, there's, it's been prone to flooding. So what concerns do you have about that when we think about a development there? Yeah, and that, and that is going to continue into the future. And so a, a big part of the, again, the next, the next phase of this plan uh, now that we have this this vision out there, um, is to get the engineering elements of it right, and and part of that is going to be uh, preparing for the impact of of climate change, preparing um, to the, this this space to be resilient and and design it in such a way um, that it is that it is not going to be impacted by that, or at least um, is going to minimize the impact, and hopefully in some respects um, uh, uh, help to reverse the impact uh, with with the right. Uh, ecological approach. But uh, in the case of the former canoe club uh, that, that Aubrey is talking about, one of the uh, one of the big challenges with that site is just its proximity to uh, the water itself uh, and the inability really uh, to to construct a, a new a new building anywhere outside of the, the footprint that it's already that it's already in. And so that left us with the tough choice um, uh, to as to whether to uh, knock it down and 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 not have uh, something there, or, or to try to um, save that building envelope, save that structure, and and that's been something I mentioned. You know, I mentioned earlier uh, that it's been an exciting uh, time to be doing this because of all, all the opportunities, and, and um, it's also been challenging way because of the uh, uh, because of construction costs, because of delays, and because of the things that you know everybody is experiencing, but. Um, we have to do it right, as Aubrey said, and and the the potential for flooding impact is a huge reason why we have to, um, you know, be thinking about the future, be thinking long term, um, not want, not make decisions that we're going to look back on in fifty years and say why did we do that, <laughs> uh, you know, recognize that um, there it seemed to many smart people at one time, you know, not too long ago that we should build a highway uh, between downtown and the waterfront that we should. Um, you know, have uh, have our water treatment facility uh, taking up that prime real estate, and so um, long term thinking is really important here. Um, climate is a is a huge reason for that. So 
getting all of the mechanicals, uh, getting all of the um, equipment up onto the second floor and, and rebuilding, really rebuilding that building um, to sustain that and to support that uh, and to be kind of a three, you know, three season um, uh, uh, structure and facility uh, is going to be really important. And, and that's going <laughs> to, that's a philosophy, that's an approach that we're going to have to carry through for all the public spaces um, and all the development that we're going to be doing. I want to thank Aubrey LaMonica for coming on to tell us briefly about uh, plans, again, partnering with the city. She's co-owner of Eli Cannon's Tap Room in Middletown, but partnering with the city to take over the lease of the former Canoe Club and to have uh, quite an expansion there, including a restaurant, coffee house, and brewery. Aubrey, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Lucy, for having me. It's been great to hear from Middletown Mayor Ben Florsheim to preview, again, these plans for Middletown's waterfront. Again, 220 acres. I understand some of the the next steps are going to be updating some zoning and, as you mentioned, uh, cleanup funds for these industrial sites that are part of this uh, revitalization plan. Mayor Florsheim, thank you for your time today. Thanks so much for having me. This is Where We Live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Up next, the Naugatuck River has changed a lot over the years from the days when it was heavily polluted. Now residents living near it are working on ways to revitalize the areas along its banks. We learn about the Naugatuck River Greenway Trail. That's after a short break. You can join us too, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WMPR. Or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. ECMO is a leading-edge, life-saving treatment for patients with cardiac or respiratory failure. Dr. Jason Gluck, director of the Mechanical Circulatory Support Program and Emergency Cardiac Care at Hartford Hospital, explains what it is. So ECMO stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, outside the body oxygenation of blood. It's a life support technique that's used by highly sophisticated medical systems for patients with severe heart or lung failure. The technique involves removing blood from the body, oxygening it, and then returning it back. ECMO procedures happen in the ICU, but not all hospitals are equipped with the necessary technology and staff. Dr. Gluck describes Hartford Hospital's ECMO Go Team. So ECMO is considered when treatments have failed, and in our center, with a special ECMO on the go team, we'll actually take that technology to their hospital and help them out there if they need to to stabilize the patient and then bring them back to heart for recovery. For more information, go to ctpublic.org slash health. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalbathanchel. It's been a few decades in the making. Efforts to develop the Naugatuck River Greenway, a planned 44-mile multi-use trail that runs from Derby to Torrington. Now, it's a project many may not have envisioned several decades ago when industry severely polluted the Naugatuck River. Today, thanks to the Clean Water Act, the river has recovered, and residents in nearly one dozen communities along its banks are looking towards the Greenway's completion for more about the project, joining us now on Zoom is Aaron Woodruff, Senior Regional Planner for the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments. Aaron, welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me, Lucy. And residents of the Naugatuck Valley, you can join us too, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WMPR. Or share a comment on Facebook and Twitter. Find us at Where We Live. So I mentioned this Greenway and Trail. The idea has been around for some time. Sections have been completed. So tell us where this all stands today. So right now, the uh, the vision is, as you said, a 40-plus mile multi-use trail between Torrington and Derby uh, along the river through uh, 11 municipalities. Um, the first section was opened in 2006 in Derby, and since then, uh, about six and a half miles of trail have been built um, in Torrington, Watertown, Naugatuck, Beacon Falls, Seymour, Ansonia, and Derby. And Waterbury's first section is is just nearing completion, um, and that's about another two, two plus miles of, of trail. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, one of the big stories here is, is the recovery of the Naugatuck River, um, which is really making this all possible. Um, you know, the, the Naugatuck River really drove the economy of, of the Naugatuck Valley for, for generations, um, uh, powered the production of textiles and metal and, and rubber and, and timepieces. And for generations, uh, you know, the, the river really paid the price for that, for that industry. Um, sewage and industrial waste was dumped in the river. Um, you know, I, my, my dad tells stories about, you know, the river changing colors um, depending on what was being dumped upstream um, that day. And the river actually caught fire in Ansonia in, in 1943. And like you said, the, the Clean Water Act really helped turn that around. Um, and with, um, with a lot of public investment um, in sewage treatment plants um, and, you know, industrial wastewater being, being regulated, um, the, the river's really made a re- remarkable recovery. There's, there's wildlife coming back, um, fisher uh, anglers and, and paddlers are, are enjoying the river again. Um, so, you know, I think the, the communities along the river are really starting to see the river as, as an asset again, instead of, instead of a liability. Mm-hmm. So I think, it's, I think it's a really great story. Uh, one of the people who's lived in uh, one of these communities along the Naugatuck is Jack Walsh, who's co-chair of the Naugatuck River Greenway Trail Steering Committee, a lifelong resident of Derby. Jack, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here and talk about the Greenway. So we heard a little history from Aaron. Uh, tell me your thoughts, especially of the Derby section of this Greenway, uh, you know, what it's meant to residents along the, in the community. Well, it's had a huge impact. Uh, let me echo uh, what Aaron said, first of all. Uh, you know, the, the river has a, a checkered history. Um, it was the the driver for the economy of the area for a long time, but we paid the price with pollution uh, to the point where uh, I don't think most people thought of it uh, as a natural resource anymore capped with the terrible flood that we had in 1955 all up and down the river which wiped out our downtowns and then uh you know as a response to that they eventually put up the flood control walls uh, as i often said for all intents and purposes when they put up the flood control walls the river disappeared no one was paying any attention to it and then uh along comes this project and it actually started as uh, a project of the Housatonic Valley Association and Derby, the old Birmingham business group, they were talking about building uh, this trail from Long Island Sound up to the Massachusetts border on the Housatonic River. And at the same time, we had a, a project, a quality of life project called Healthy Valley. And some of us were thinking that 
Gee, it would be great to have a, a linear trail, as we were calling it back then. We invited them to come to one of our meetings and said, hey, have you ever thought about the Nonatuck River as uh, a location for this? Because it's a tributary of the Housatonic. And at that point in time, they said, yeah, we think that might be a good idea. But uh, why do you think so? We said, well, look, on our city site, we've already got the flood control walls in it and maybe this trail could go right on top of the flood control walls. So a grant was written to determine who owned the walls and could you do something like this? And it turns out the city owned the walls, but the uh, Army Corps of Engineers says what you can and you cannot do with uh, something like this, because remember its first uh, mission is to preserve the, the area from flooding. Well, in the end, they said, yeah, you could do this. and. From the day it's open, it's been nothing but a home run. Uh, you know, with the measurements that we have through the census, we know that it's the most used trail in Connecticut of the 27 that are currently being monitored. And, you know, there are people out there from sunup to sunset. Um, it's just been a tremendous yeah. resource. It's changed attitudes about the river. And in this new life for the river, its main purpose is recreation and health, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. That sounds like a great success story. And uh, what we saw in Derby has inspired other towns along the Greenway. Jack, what do you say? Uh, absolutely. You know, uh, I, again, I, I think when they saw what was going on in Derby, that's when this concept of a trail going all the way to Torrington came came about. And that's how I got involved with it and eventually became one of the co-chairs of it. But, uh, you know, Ansonia has already opened two sections, but doesn't get quite as much use as Derby does. But, you know, we've also seen Nautuck and all the way up to Torrington. So the two ends are done. Now we've got to fill in the middle. Again, you're hearing Jack Walsh, co-chair of the Naugatuck River Greenway Steering Committee, a lifelong resident of Derby, as we learn about this greenway uh, stretching along 11 towns and cities along the Naugatuck River. Coming up, we're going to hear more about the Waterbury section. But Aaron Budris is still with us, senior regional planner for the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments. So we learned a lot about the, the health of the river, and luckily uh, that has improved. But can you describe some of the land we're talking about along the uh, the, the riverfront, including, you know, brownfields and what's being done or planned so far related to cleanup and how that'll be uh, progressing um, in the future. Yeah, so the, you know, there's a, there's a lot of industrial legacy sites along the Naugatuck River. Um, you know, like we said, the, you know, industry really, really depended on the river. So most of the industrial sites were located right on the, on the river banks um, in our downtowns. Um, all along, all along the valley. So, you know, trying to build a, a trail through those uh, is going to be difficult. But I think it, you know, it's going to it's going to really help to um, to bring public and private investment to those properties and and um, and really help um, you know re envision what those what those areas can be. You know, I think those a lot of the neighborhoods that that these sites are located in are, are still suffering from from the decline of industry. But you know, with a trail and with with public access to the to the river and and really nice public um, amenities, we can really re envision what what those areas can look like. And where is the money coming from for the Greenway, Aaron? So there's there's a lot of um, 
public and or, or uh, state and federal um, programs. So, for instance, um, there's a transportation alternatives program, which is a federal transportation um, program um, that funds sort of non-typical um, transportation projects like like bike and ped um, projects. Um, there's uh, some state programs like the local transportation and capital improvement program or LOTSIP um, that, that some communities are using to, to, to uh, build sections of trail. Um, there's a state program called the uh, DEP Recreational Trails Program, which, um, which is funding the design of a lot of sections and, and construction of some smaller, some smaller pieces as well. There's also local funds, um, you know, communities can, can, you know, often bond and, and, and pay for these on their own. And, you know, we think we're going to see a lot more um, private funding for, for projects. So, you know, as properties along the river where the, where the greenway is planned are redeveloped, um, developers may, may include sections of trail in, in their development projects. And if you live in the Naugatuck Valley, maybe you've been using parts of this greenway, uh, we'd love to hear from you, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter, at Where We Live. Uh, Jack Walsh, earlier you talked about how uh, the section of the greenway in Derby uh, heavily used today. Is that even from uh, people coming from different parts of the state? I'm just curious if you can tell us more. Uh, yes. Uh, that's been one of the side benefits. It's not just people from Derby. And uh, again, we have accurate data on that because of this Connecticut uh, census project where we've surveyed people coming in and we know they come from all over. From, you know, when we talk about this trail going all the way to Torrington, that will offer uh, some greater opportunities, particularly for uh, bicycles. This could become a destination rather than just a, a daily activity. It could be a vacation type thing where you spend a day biking all the way from Derby to Torrington or, or back. Uh, you know, we haven't reached the full potential yet. You know, I, I think it's helping change the image of the city of Derby. We've got redevelopment going on in our downtown right along the Greenway. And I, I think for any developer coming in to be able to offer an amenity like the Greenway right in your backyard, it's tremendous economic. So. Aaron, I'd love to hear uh, some more from you on that, the economic development aspect of this. Yeah, you know, I think, I think Jack's right. There's, you know, these types of projects can, can make some of these properties that maybe were not necessarily uh, attractive to developers, um, you know, way more attractive. Um, you know, there's not only just, you know, the, the foot traffic on the trail past a, you know, a commercial uh, establishment is, is a good thing. But, you know, I think it 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 it, it makes residents, uh, you know, think a little bit differently and and, you know, can can draw people down to to areas that that right now are just completely underutilized. Jack, uh, you had mentioned earlier, and Aaron as well, you know, with the, the health of, of the river. I'm wondering if you can talk more about that um, and how, you know, that has just really boosted, um, you know, the, uh, the passion that people have uh, for to recreate around that space, but also uh, to make sure that they're stewards of that space as well. Yeah, let me tell you a quick little story. We, when we were doing this, we had a, a big project called Healthy Valley 2000, which was a quality of life issue. And We'd have 100, 150 people at a meeting, and the meeting would start by people getting up and just 
something good that they saw or heard that that day. And that one one day I got up and I said, here's my good news for the day. I saw a bird in the Naugatuck River today and it wasn't dead. Now think about the change in perception there. They told me that uh, the, the river was now healthy again. There were birds, you know, uh, swimming and fishing in the river. And uh, from that, we see people on kayaks and all kinds of vehicles on there. We're building a, a fishing pier in uh, downtown Derby right along the Greenway. It, it's just a, a tremendous change. And the, the health benefit that people are, are getting, when we did that economic impact study a couple of years ago, you know, the figures for the health benefits were really totally off the charts because people want a safe place to go and recreate and the health benefits they get from it. The, the same people have routines. You'll see them out there every single morning at eight o'clock or another group at five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, there's no downside to this. That's mm. the bottom line. There's no downside. It's all upside. When we talk about uh, the health of the Naugatuck River uh, changing, coincidentally, I got a uh, something from Connecticut Deep, uh, Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, their fisheries division. Uh, they're going to be presenting a plan uh, where they're talking about restoring uh, several uh, fish species to the Naugatuck uh, because um, of all of the development of a strong network of river advocates that have helped to restore uh, the river and the return of these species. Jack, that must make you feel good. Absolutely. And, you know, Eric could tell you a lot more about also the removal of some dams along the river to uh, bring us back to that period of time where the fish, this, even the Atlantic salmon, did migrate up, up the river. And that's how starting to happen again. Right. And they listed the American shad and American eel uh, as some of those species uh, that will be returning or, or have returned. Uh, Jack Walsh, again, is co-chair of the Naugatuck River Greenway Trail Steering Committee and has lived in Derby his whole life. Jack, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And as I say, I always enjoy talking about the Greenway. <laughs> and Aaron Budras still is with us, Senior Regional Planner for the Naugatuck Valley yeah. Council of Governments. Uh, Aaron, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, before we, uh, after the break, we're going to be hearing more about the Waterbury section. But uh, anything else you wanted to add related to the Derby section and what Jack has shared with us? Well, like Jack said, it's, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people a year using that that section of, of trail in Derby. Um really all all year round uh, any weather there's there's always people out there and it's it's really it's really just a it's great to see and i think as more and more pieces of the of the trail get built and, and we have longer sections open you're going to see more and more visitors coming to use the trail as well so you know the uh, you know the the, the health and and um and quality of life benefits i think are already being seen down there and i think we'll we'll see it see them all over the, the valley as, as this gets completed. You're listening to Where We Live on Connecticut Public Radio. Again, thanks to Jack Walsh. Aaron Budris will stay with us, Senior Regional Planner for the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments. After the break, we'll learn about the Greenway going through the city of Waterbury. You can join us too, 888-720-9677. Or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live.
This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. We've been talking about the Naugatuck River Greenway. It's a 44-mile planned multi-use trail. With us on Zoom, Aaron Budras, Senior Regional Planner for the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments. As we heard, the Greenway stretches along 11 towns and cities from Derby to Torrington. We wanted to learn more about the latest with the Waterbury Stretch. Joining us now on Zoom is Kenny Curran, Chair of the Waterbury Greenway Advisory Committee. He's a volunteer in the this role, and we should note by day he is the state director for Senator Chris Murphy. Kenny, welcome to the show. Hi, uh, good morning, Lucy. Great to be here. So, tell us about the Waterbury section. What's happening? Sure. Yeah. Well, a lot uh, that we're very excited about. Um, it, the first study for this was, you know, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, um, and a lot of complications uh, along the way. Uh, for an urban center to have a greenway go through it. Um, you know, eventually uh, in three phases, uh, the greenway will go through the entire city. But this first phase, phase one, is uh, from Naugaduck uh, really to um, to Eagle Street in Waterbury, kind of the south end, uh, 2.1 miles. But it's include, including a seven-acre park, which was land donated by uh, Mimi Niederman um, and, and the Camp family. Uh, we expect completion of phase one, um, you know, October, November of, uh, of this year. Uh, and, and as I said, it was, it was quite complicated. Um, and without the leadership of Mayor O'Leary and his staff um, and other stakeholders, you know, Kevin Zach and the revival group, um, it wouldn't have happened. Um, but uh, we do hope um, or do expect rather the first phase one completion um, uh, later this fall. Mm. And when we talk about um, this area and the land uh, that's uh, going to be part of it or around the Greenway, I understand there have been some interesting discoveries along the trail. What can you tell us, Kenny? Yeah, well, presented uh, one in particular uh, was the finding of uh, Native American artifacts, um, and that presented a both a challenge and an opportunity. The challenge was that it it caused a few delays for further exploration, uh, but the opportunity certainly is to incorporate that and the education about the river. Um, we talked, you heard the first uh, segment talk about the industrial uh, history of it, but before that, there was the history uh, of people locating there because of the asset that the river was. That's both you know Native Americans and then Waterbury was uh, a farming uh, town for a, a long time. Um, so now we're kind of getting back to seeing the river um, as an asset. But yeah, but I think those Native American artifacts that were, you know, found um, along along the way there, uh, we can incorporate that certainly educating people about, you know, the, the long history of the river, not just the, the recent industrial past of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard from Maybeth, uh, who tweeted that, you know, it's great to hear about the bike paths, but wants to know if there are any plans or incentives to create safer roads in the city to help residents get safely to these paths. What can you say on that, Kenny? Yeah, sure. Certainly safety of the residents or the users of the path is uh, prior number one. Um, and, and, and again, I think that these types of things aren't necessarily expected to be in urban centers. I grew up in Bethlehem and then moved to Waterbury. So in Bethlehem, this, uh, you know, a walking trail or a path was something you should expect. Uh, however, in Waterbury, um, it's not necessarily one of the first things you should expect, which is why it has taken a little longer than some had expected to kind of get this, you know, phase uh, one done. But, uh, and there are going to be those questions of, oh, is it going to be safe, um, you know, for pedestrians? Is it going to be, uh, is there going to be issues with crime? Um, you know, all the other things that 
people associate sometimes with urban centers, well, we're trying to flip the script and say that Waterbury, this this is the exact thing that belongs uh, in Waterbury. Uh, and it's certainly on, on us to make sure that we make people feel safe, um, you know, when they get there. But that is certainly one of the top priorities. So phase one, again, set to open, I believe, in the fall, as you mentioned, we think about looking ahead to phase two, you know, what are the specific concerns there, uh, Kenny, including funding? Yeah, I, I think uh, funding, I mean, I'll, I'll be quite honest, I, mean, I, I think in any major project like this, you know, funding for phases two and three, uh, you know, are, uh, you know, you know ma- major challenges, uh, but also, as you mentioned before, in terms of, you know, the industrial past of, of Waterbury, you know, the routing of it is uh, is, is critical uh, in, in addressing some of the, you know, potential brownfields, et cetera, along the way. Um, but, but I think that, um, I think once you get phase one done, um, then phases two and three become much more real. Yeah. Aaron Boudris is still with us, Senior Regional Planner for the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments. Aaron, what can you add related uh, to this Waterbury part of the Greenway? I think I think it's really exciting to to see to see this being built. It's it has been a long time um, in in the in the making, um, and it's really turning out to be a, a really beautiful trail. Um, there's a it's really 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 um, uh, very different and, and and great to see the the river um, from the trail. Um, so it's it's going to be great. And there's there's also a a um, a river uh, riverfront park that's part of the plan as well um, in the south end so so really exciting and i think as as the trail gets built into the downtown in phase two um it's going to make connections to the the train station and to the the um sidewalk network in downtown and really give a- access to people um from from businesses and, and from residences in in those in those areas so it, it's great to see Again, if you live in the Waterbury Valley, including in the city of Waterbury, we'd love uh, Nakatuck Valley and then the city of Waterbury. We'd love to hear from you about uh, this Greenway, our number 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. As we talk about a uh, phase two and land acquisition, Kenny, uh, tell us more there. Yeah, well, phase two of the study is, is pretty far underway. Um, and I know the city has put in um, uh, applications for a variety of funding sources, um, but, you know, nothing can really happen in terms of um, that without, um, you know, securing the funding. Uh, although along that way, the city has secured uh, right-of-ways and such. Um, so so phase two was pretty far uh, along the way, but we can't, can't move on to phase two until we finish uh, phase one. And uh, we, we are excited that will happen uh, at the end of, um, you know, end of this fall. Um, and then we can move on, you know, wholeheartedly with phase two. Mm. I mentioned you're chair of the Waterbury Greenway Advisory Committee, a volunteer position. So for, for residents of Waterbury who are listening, uh, who want to get involved, what are some ways for them uh, to be, um, to maybe enlist more comment from them related to this project moving forward? Sure, absolutely. They can certainly call the mayor's office or, or the COG. Uh, you know, we're always looking for input uh, from from residents and uh, citizens on the project, um, and we'll certainly be doing more of that as we get closer to you know officially opening it for public access. And Aaron, uh, as part of the Valley Council of Governments, you know, we heard earlier from Jack and Derby about how this can be a destination. Your thoughts on that? Maybe getting the, the, the state's attention more on on this resource in the Naugatuck Valley. 
Yeah, I think, you know, I think right now is, you know, smaller sections are open. I think it's, it's, you know, mainly being used by, by residents. And, you know, I think it's, you know, great, very local way to get out and exercise and, 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 uh, you know, enjoy the river and, and nature. But I think as, as sections get put together and we have longer, um, longer stretches open, I think it does open up the possibility of, you know, tourism and, and bringing people and, and bicyclists into, uh, you know, into the, the valley and, you know, we, with, uh, you know, the economic benefits that, that that can have as well. Again, Aaron Budris is Senior Regional Planner for the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments. Thanks so much for coming on to talk about this project, Aaron. We appreciate your time today. Well, thank you for having me. And Kenny Curran was here, Chair of the Waterbury Greenway Advisory Committee. Uh, Kenny, uh, final thoughts on, on the Greenway section in Waterbury? Just quickly, I would just say we started this project in the South End for phase one in a neighborhood that you know, hasn't seen a lot of investment in it for, for a long time. But um, with, with this project in Brownfield redevelopment there, you know, I think people in the neighborhood are really starting to see that, um, you know, that they are cared, cared about. And uh, I think it's a very, very symbolic project, too. Thank you so much, Kenny, for your time on the show. Thanks. Have a wonderful day. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today's show produced by Katie Pellico. Our technical director is Kat Pastor. You can listen to Where We Live anytime on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. <laughs>